The Lord possessed me at the beginning of His way, before the works of old. I have been established from everlasting, from the beginning, before there was ever an earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there was no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills I was brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth or the fields or the primal dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters would not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him as a master craftsman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. This is wisdom. This is her who was possessed by God at the very beginning. And through wisdom God created the earth, and he created the heavens. And from the very beginning, before the primal dust of the earth was created, with the Lord God, in the midst of the presence of wisdom, was the sons of men. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And Adam was formed by the fingers of God out of the dust of the earth. But Adam did not come from the earth. But where did Adam, the man Adam, come from? And from where did his eternal soul originate? God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And when he did, this corpse that was formed out of the dust of the ground by the very fingers of God became a living being. And Adam arose and took his place as the master of the earth and named the animals that God had created in the garden. And so where did Adam come from? Truly his body came from the ground and from the dust of the earth. But his soul was eternal in the heavens with God. And truly, when we die on this earth, our corpse will turn into dust again, or its biology will revert back to the earth from which it came, in whichever way it does. But the man, but you, who inhabited this body for a short season on this earth, are eternal as Adam was. And that soul which encompasses that eternal spirit within you will have an eternity and will have a destiny in a realm that will never be annihilated. And so from the very beginning of the earth, when God formed the creatures by wisdom, we were with him there in his midst, being the rejoicing of his heart that one day he would come down and live with us on this earth, which he gave us to rule and reign over. And that one day God himself would become the savior of this people, for though others had sinned before, this race would be unique. This race would be appointed. This race would be selected by God that he would not be their judge, 
but he would be their savior and their redeemer for all time. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And so who is this Father God, this Father of lights, and who are the lights that abounded in him at the beginning? It was you and I, the sons of men, who are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh, as Eve was bone of Adam's bone and flesh of Adam's flesh. So we are created in the likeness of God, and were the little eternal spirits dancing in his spirit before he gave birth to us on the earth. And when our mother bore us, we exited from the kingdom of light and entered into this realm of darkness, in which there is day and in which there is night. And are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. And so here we are in the midst of darkness and in the midst of light, in which we must choose which way to go. These eternal spirits that came from the Father of lights in heaven and were born into the darkness of this earth, and now we must choose and we must obey, and we must learn to love the light, and to dance in the light, and to reject the darkness, and to live by faith in the Son of God, who loved us and gave himself for us. And yet we were with him in the very beginning, before he breathed our spirit through the breath of his life, into that conception in your mother's womb, to bear the burdens of the darkness of this earth, that we might live the life of faith that Jesus himself walked. For we did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And we must find the spirit of truth that only comes through the sacrifice of God's Son on the cross, the spirit who himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we might also be glorified with him. And so God is creating something that goes far beyond the creation of the angels and the creation of the things of heaven. God has created a people, some of whom will choose by an act of their will to reject the darkness and choose the light, some of whom will choose to crucify the flesh and not to follow the desires and the evil ways of the heart, but to please the invisible God instead, the God in which we do not see, the God in which we do not touch with our natural hands, and yet the God in which we believe, and the God in whom we trust will accomplish that thing until the day of Christ in us. A people who sacrifice their life on this earth to be pleasing to that one who is eternal in heaven and let the world which is passing away fall before them that they might gain Christ, the eternal God in the heaven. This is a great mystery. This is the purpose that God has placed us on this earth. 
And this is the reason that God has breathed the spirit of life into the corpse of men, made from the dust of the earth. This is the race that is set before us. This is the dance of Mayanam. And if this doesn't quite make sense, but there's something deep down that jumps inside, the spiritual understanding that hears the words of faith and hears the words of truth, if there's that life that springs to life deep down, then this is the place for you. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And here on the dance of Mayanaim, we will do just that. Hear the words of faith and learn and grow in the ways of the Almighty and in the ways that are foolishness to this world but are wisdom to God in heaven. To learn to walk in the way that Jesus walked in which the ways of his Father and the works of the Almighty was his ways and his works. And this world which is passing away had no value and had no standing before that which he served, which was the eternal kingdom of heaven that he brought to this earth, that we too might walk in it as well. Through the same spirit that he had and the same spirit that he poured out back on this earth when he ascended on high, this invisible walk with love that we do with God, though we don't see him and though we don't know him, this is the dance of Mayanaim. And whether there's a full understanding of the words or not, what really matters is the soul is eating its food. The soul is being fed with the word of faith. Job was a man placed under great affliction by the direction of the Almighty. And God gave Satan an open door to go and take away all things that Job had to see what was in Job's heart to test that gold, that silver, that was hidden in the deepest places of Job's heart. That is what Job wanted. And so the devil came and stripped him of all that he had. And yet he cried out, and yet he complained. Yet he did not sin with his mouth, nor charge God with wrong. And so it's through the deep affliction that God got the value that he desired. Though Job temporarily lost the valuable things of this earth, he gave to God the eternal values that never pass away and that never perish as he chose to walk in faith and believe in this almighty God whom he said that he would see with his eyes one day on this earth. And yet the affliction was great, yet he knew that God was good. And though he didn't understand why this was happening to him, he knew and proclaimed and confessed that God was good and that he would see him at last on this earth and that he would see him for himself and not another. And this is the inheritance that if we suffer with Christ as Christ himself suffered in the flesh on this earth, putting God before that which the flesh desires and putting God before that which the mind perceives is the ways of this earth and holding fast to the word of truth, in the end, God's blessing and abundance overrules all. Therefore, do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. 
My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And the Holy Spirit through James proclaims that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And the end of these things, meaning the end of the suffering that is before you, yields much greater rewards than that which you had first on this earth. And what God desires is that faith and that reliance on Him until the very end. Because the day is coming when this invisible God will no longer be invisible, and the things which were once visible will vanish before Him. And all men will come and bow before the throne of the Almighty God, and there will be a judgment, and they will receive the judgment according to that which is written in the book that was recorded in heaven as they lived their life. The things that they did on this earth, whether good or bad, so they shall be repaid. And yet every single one will fall short of the judgment of God. But those written in the Lamb's book of life, those whom God himself has paid the penalty of their sins on the cross by his death, which we deserve, will be covered and will be justified as our penalty has been paid through the Son of God and we will enter into heaven with him. To those who believe in his name, and to those who keep his commandments, and to those who love him. But the day is coming when God will come on the clouds of heaven, and he will come and he will gather together his elect from the four corners of the earth. And the day is coming when every eye will see and every knee will bow. The day is coming when all the earth will behold for he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. And the reward of those who served God through his Son, Jesus Christ, will be made evident and will be revealed, and that will be the reality, not this earth. This earth will be a past existence and burnt up forever. But those things which are stored up in heaven will be revealed and will be real. And this is what we will have before God forever. And that's why our life on this earth is so valuable. Because what we do on this earth is what we will have in heaven with him forever. For the white robes and the pure linen is the righteous acts of the saints. And so God is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in trouble. Even now when we don't see him, he is here to deliver us and rescue us and show himself mighty on behalf of those who fear him and on behalf of those who keep his commandments and do his will. Therefore we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling, though the earth and the sin that is in it will tremble and does tremble at the presence of the Lord on this earth, yet there is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. 
There is a river that pleases the Lord, a river of living water that wells up from the fountain of the innermost part of the hearts of those who believe in the name of the Son of God and walk and serve Him through love and through faith. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged. The kingdoms were moved. He, God, uttered his voice. The earth melted. And so what this prophesies is though the suffering might seem real now, God knows and the judgment and the justice of God is perfect and it is coming to this earth and it will redeem those who wait and trust in his mercy and in his judgment. And those who are not waiting and who are not trusting in his judgment will be judged, but those who are will be delivered. And the earth itself will melt by the presence of the Lord when he comes to make all things new. For the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Come, behold the works of the Lord, who has made desolations in the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. And so the judgment of God is coming, which will purge all sin. And yet he will make peace for those who trust and wait for him. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And this is the eternal word and the eternal promise that is given to us who dwell on this earth for those who will hear, for those who will believe, for those who will run this race of faith, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him even despised the suffering of the cross and obeyed his Father and was obedient even to the point of death. Therefore God has also highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, of those that are in heaven and of those that are on the earth and of those that are under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this is the same race and this is the same walk that God has laid out for us that we should humble ourselves and become obedient, even obedient to the point of death, if that's where God leads, so that we too might become heirs of God as Christ became an heir of God in heaven. And so on this earth, let us present all that we have been given as a holy sacrifice before the throne of his grace. And let us take hold of that faith, that faith with which we will dance with God on this earth. In this faith, this belief, this trust, as we live this life and use all that we've been given as a sacrifice for him through his way, his will, and his purpose. 
But to do it, we must know him. We must know what he likes and know what he hates. We must know his heart. We must know his mind. And we must walk in his spirit and not another. This is the purpose of this podcast. Because God is looking for that one out of all the multitudes of his body, of those that believe in his name. He's looking for that one, that one heart. And a whole book of the Bible is a prophetic reflection of that heart that God desires to be with and to dwell with forever. That heart, that soul, that is on the earth now, but will one day be with him in heaven in eternity and will reign over all the kingdom of heaven jointly with God as a queen on her throne. A whole book of the Bible is dedicated to this prophetic image of the relationship that God has or wants to have with that woman, which is his church, the people of the church. But it's that one. Where is that one individual, that one heart that he desires to marry? And through this Song of Solomon, Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel, has his heart seized by this one called the Shulamite. And yet all the daughters of Jerusalem, which is a picture of his people that love God, cry out and cheer after this one, this one individual that has taken his heart. While all the people are one, God is looking for unity individually with you. And so the daughters of Jerusalem cry out, We will be glad and rejoice in you. We will remember your love more than wine. And the Shulamite responds to her lover about the daughters of Jerusalem, who are her fellow believers in Christ. Yet she is the one. She responds to him about them, saying, Rightly do they love you. I am dark but lovely, O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not look upon me, because I am dark because the sun has tanned me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me the keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. In other words, her skin was tanned and bleached by the sun, meaning her soul. It's the soul that God sees in the inner depths of the heart. And yet the things and the necessities and the trials of this world has bleached and has diluted that perfect love, that perfect love that is created in us, that we might use it to love God to dance with him in this unity that we have. She says, yes, I loved God, but the necessities and the hardships of this world and the oppression that came from the people of this world has to some degree bleached down the perfect love and the relationship that I have with him. So therefore don't look upon me because I am dark. Yet she is now with the Lord and with her lover forevermore. And this is the dance that I've been talking about. We are in the midst of the sun right now, but the day is coming that the sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. So this, while we have this life on this earth, this is the time to dance with the Almighty. Because when we see him as he is, and when we walk with him in the eternal heavens, we will not need faith to walk with him. He will be right there in our midst. But while we don't see him, yes, 
More blessed are those who do not see me and yet believe. God looks upon his church and he says, There are sixty queens and eighty mistresses and too many young women to count. This being prophesied physically from the perspective of Solomon. But my dove, my perfect one, is unique. She's unique to her mother. She's pure to the one who gave birth to her. Young women see her and call her blessed. Queens and mistresses praise her. The daughters of Jerusalem cry out, Who is this who appears like the dawn, beautiful as the moon, bright as the sun, awesome as an army with banners? She replies, I went down to the walnut orchard to look at the green sprouts in the valley, to see whether the vine had budded, whether the pomegranates had blossomed. Before I knew it, I imagined myself among the chariots of my noble people. The young women cry out, Return, return, Shulamite, return, return, so that we may look at you. And she replies, Why should you look at the Shulamite like you watch the dance of Mayanam? whereas is translated like you watch the dance of the two camps. So again, this is the one, the only one, the favorite of her who bore her. This is the heart, the heart that God is seeking, the heart that God desires, the heart that God died for and is coming for, the one, the only one of them all. And so the daughters of Jerusalem are all there, but he's coming and his eye is on this one. This one who is to look at to them as the dance of Mayanam. And that is the dance that happens on this earth by faith in the Son of God, with God, like God. And that is what this podcast is all about. So if this is your desire, don't miss the coming episodes.